Hello, I'm Gemma Frith and I'm once again joined today by club commentator Mikey Burrows. Thanks for joining again, Mikey. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, Obviously, last week I was boosted by the fact that we'd actually won a game in the Premier League. (laughs) Uh, uh, But I thought we had a really good performance against Leicester last time out and a clean sheet as well. Uh, Put that down as two games unbeaten in a row against two very good teams yes. which I know we'll come on to so yeah everything's good at the moment plus England winning cricket which in India which is a <laughs> lovely bonus, bonus well. yeah. <laughs> fantastic it's a good it's a good week it's a good week firstly let's let's talk Leicester let's talk Leicester as you said ended in a goalless straw do you think we deserved more than one point though um, I think the general consensus on Match Day Live Extra was that a point was probably a fair result. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Leicester dominated in terms of possession, but Wolves crafted the better opportunities. And that doesn't just mean uh, shots directly on target, which was a point Carlo Kimi made, which I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Mm-hmm. That when you see the situations that Wolves got into, they are chances. They don't necessarily go down as stats, you know, shots on target, shots off target. There was an awful lot of block shots in there as well, which people don't necessarily count sometimes. But you look at, like, for instance, the Jao Martinho one, where the ball is laid back to him on the edge of the box, and we all get excited because he'd scored a wonder goal against Arsenal, <laughs> and it and it goes over the top of the crossbar. That is a very good chance. Yeah that has been created by the team and there were quite a few of those type of opportunities on another day against a team that are less organised and less defensively disciplined than Leicester Wolves probably get the goal and go on and win that game so I think there is an awful lot in there to be positive about in the way that Wolves went about it the way that they you know looked threatening on the counter Certainly second half, in that early period of the second half, we saw Adama Traore and Pedro Neto just producing moves at times that were purely unplayable. I mean, there were, uh, on occasions, three players trying to stop Adama Traore, and he simply ran past them. And when he's in that kind of form, in that kind of mood, that really does bode well for Wolves moving forwards. Yes, definitely. I mean, I think despite us not producing any goals, I saw a real shift in form on Sunday. There was really a noticeably um, improved performance. Do you think that's down to confidence coming off of a win uh, against Arsenal? Yeah, and I think, like I said to you last week, that in having kept the clean sheet at Chelsea as mm-hmm. well was, yeah. a, was a big moment and step forwards because you can add it to the clean sheets they got in the FA Cup against Crystal Palace and yes surely but it still counts and it mm-hmm. still means that having had a really long run without having any shutouts they've now had four in the space of a couple of weeks yeah and you look at suddenly and look and we were honest last week Jem that they weren't great first half against Arsenal mm-hmm. but when they got in front this team are a completely different beast. And what we saw again against Leicester is that if they're not having to come from behind all the time, that they are a completely different team. And football (laughs) feels a lot different and a lot easier. And what we've seen was that Neves and Moutinho, having got their goals against Arsenal, were much more in the face of their Leicester Mm -hmm. opponents they were snapping away and they were winning the ball back higher up the field and that's a key part not just to keeping clean sheets but to getting Wolves moving on the counter because the quicker you can get the ball up to the forward players and the more isolated they can make their defenders as we've just spoken about with Traore and Neto especially 
that will lead to more opportunities being created. So all of that goes very much in the plus column. A few people have said that they want Wolves to be more entertaining. Um, do you think they were more of an entertaining watch this weekend? Oh, very much so. I think that was a, in terms of a nil-nil, that was a, a really entertaining <laughs> kind of bad going. game. Yeah, because, you know, both sides, you know, there's a two very good teams, by the way. Mm. You know, Leicester have been consistently good over the last couple of seasons. They are right up there. They fell away at the back end of last season. But if you look at the recent matches between the two... That, you know, I've got a friend who works at Leicester and his comment to me after the game was that these two teams were almost perfectly set up to nullify each other's mm. main strengths. For the first 45 minutes, we had Johnny back on the pitch, which was really, really great to, great to see. We, had, we spent a lot of pre-match trying to figure out a way we could shoehorn here's Johnny into like our Instagram stories, but it didn't work. We left it and probably for the best. <laughs> but, um, how pleased are you to see him back on the pitch? Oh, massively. He's been... Yeah, I, I think there is an element sometimes that you, you don't realise what you've got until it's gone sometimes yeah. and you've missed it. <laughs> Seeing him come back there, and I said on commentary, the most remarkable thing about Johnny is that he's not kicked a ball in anger for six months. Yeah. And it's a difficult injury as well because it's not like he can be out there kicking a ball all the time. There will have been an awful long period where he was restricted to being in the gym working on his upper body. And yes, he's been in training last couple of weeks, but to literally go straight back in and just pick up completely where he left off mm -hmm. is such a... I mean, it says so much about how good a footballer he is and his footballing brain. And I said on commentary that it's almost like it's muscle memory to him that he just instinctively knows this is what I do this is how I play my game and you saw the way that he in straight away they tried to get a Jose Perez and a few others in behind him didn't mm -hmm. work he shut those attacks down and then he started to push higher up the field then he started to get involved in a bit more and because he pushes higher it allows Neto to then drift in and drift around him and know that he is solid in there and I can't speak highly enough of Johnny and the, the part he plays in this team and it is a massive boost to have him back in amongst it and I think there's a lot of fans who will agree with that. Absolutely, yeah. He's, he's a very consistent player. In post-match, I spoke to um, Connor Cody and I asked him about Johnny and his face just lit up like he was just smiling from ear to ear. And I, like Johnny's just a really good friend of all of the, the squad as well. Like having him back playing with them means so much to them on a, on a personal level as well. Like, and you can see that, you can see that. So yeah, absolutely fantastic to have him back. Well, today is the second of our weekly chats here on Wolves Radio. And once again, we've asked fans on social media to send in some questions for you to answer today um, we've got a wide range through as before but before I get into the questions there was a lot of love being spread this week as well oh, several dope. people really enjoying your match day content and also listening here on Wolves Radio so we've got some fantastic questions through today but I'm going to kick things off with my favourite question of the week which actually came from the official Wolves Portuguese Twitter <laughs> and oh, I'm hoping you haven't seen it so that you haven't had a chance to revise do you know any words in Portuguese Mikey? Oh, um, I, I kind of do. Uh, I can say uh, bom dia, oh, okay. which I think means good day. Nice. I can say, I think it's obrigado, yes. which I think is, is it a thank you? Thank you. Yeah, that's my go-to one. Obrigado, obrigada, I think is like male and female, isn't it? 
Um, I don't know. That's the extent know of more my about Portuguese. Me, that than me. I can speak a very <laughs> small amount of Spanish, a mm-hmm. very small amount of Spanish. Um, but yeah, my Portuguese is not is not really in there. But I, I say I know how to say good day and thank you. Yeah, which is which is I enough. I guess you buy. Yeah, I guess you buy. Yeah, I guess we buy. <laughs> I mean, you talk about Johnny actually, and my very kind of limited level GCSE Spanish. Yeah. When Johnny signed, he obviously didn't speak English or he understood some English, but he didn't really speak it. Mm-hmm. So when we had to do his welcome interview, um, we I'd kind of gone on and written the questions out in Spanish to then be able to show to him and his agents so they could kind of look through yeah, okay. and think of their answers so they would kind of know what I was saying and... <laughs> It, it's always that embarrassing thing if they kind of go, "Oh, you can speak Spanish," and and then try and, oh, no. and, then try and talk back to you, and uh, no. And, and actually, on that point, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but uh, our international listeners will love this. So, uh, a couple of seasons ago, obviously, we had uh, the former WWE wrestler Sin Cara mm-hmm. come to Molyneux, who's a, a friend of Raúl Jiménez, and he was at the training ground a couple of days before the final game that he was at. And uh, one of our media team uh, told him that I speak Spanish. Oh my God. So he came, he came driving into the room right up to me and started speaking Spanish at me. And the rest of the media team nearly wet themselves as you are now laughing at my face as I had to simply say, lo siento, hablo muy poco español. Which I think means I'm sorry, I speak very little Spanish. Oh my God, that is the best story. That's brightened my day. That is a fantastic story. I would be mortified if that happened to me. I really well, would. Well, just imagine, like, Sin Cara is a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, that's so quite intimidating presence. Yeah. yeah, he's a big guy to come storming in and start talking at you in a language that you don't understand. Yeah. I think that just about beats my uh, your story from last week, which featured Wembley and Baby Spice. And I won't explain it any more than that. And if anyone hasn't heard it, they'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> okay, so who is your player of the season so far? Wow. Big uh, question. That's a, yeah, that's a, it's a good question. It's a really tough question because, mm. as we've spoken about, um, you know, there have been some difficult periods this season so far. So I, I don't actually think I can pick out anyone in particular unless that I'm allowed to choose Raul Jimenez because mm-hmm. from the period from the start of the season up until his injury he was absolutely superb yeah and he was getting goals and his all-round game was there um so uh, if that counts that I, I will still pick Raul Jimenez <laughs> which is not to denigrate any of the guys that have, have been playing all the way through that period it's obviously it's been a, a difficult time there have been mm. a lot of injuries as well and it's hard to sometimes kind of give that kind of uh, ascertain the mark of of the players that have been involved in it because we've been changing formations a lot mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and so you know players have been doing slightly different roles than they have previously done as we mm-hmm. mentioned with Johnny Johnny came back in and played the role he knows yeah and and that was perfect for him a lot of the players that have been there the last 2 months have had to do different things so there have been some good performances Pedro Neto uh, has got to be up there because for the age he is he is an unbelievable fantastic yes so good so already already at his age he's an unbelievable player we had one of his former coaches on Matchday Live Extra who coached him when he was 15 and he said that at the time like 
Pedro Neto said, I want to be the best player in the world at wow. 15. And he's and it's not just that he says it, it's that he goes out and he's trying to be that. Mm-hmm. He might not get there. Look, it takes an awful lot to be in that kind of top rank of players worldwide. But boy, is it going to be fun watching him try and get there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and I, I, I think you can you can see that in the way that he plays, in his attitude, that he he is aiming for the best, the top. Talking about people playing out of position, um, in I think Dendonka's played in a in a variety of um, places this year. Where do you think suits him best? He is Leander Dendonka. I think is massively underrated mm-hmm. uh, by a, a large amount of people because he is comfortable on the ball. He's able to get up and down. He is strong defensively. He's good in the air. Mm-hmm. He's a real talented all-round player. He yeah. played 17 times in the defence last season, which people might not kind of have realised because we've come to think of him as a midfielder. But he actually kind of came as a defender. And it was only halfway through his first season that circumstances came together that mm-hmm. he ended up in midfield and we went on an incredible run and got to the FA Cup semi-final and finished seventh in that first season. And so we all saw him as a midfielder again. Uh, personally, I think he can play at either mm-hmm. and he offers a lot to the team in either role. So I, I'm not too fussed as to which is his best position. Mm-hmm. I think it's a massive bonus that he can operate in two positions to a really, really high standard. And that obviously allows for the fact that Willy Bolly is injured. Yeah. So you've got a player like Den Donker who can go in there. When Bolly is fit again, it gives a really nice question for Nuno to ponder. Where does he utilise him? Does he put him back into the midfield ranks? Does he keep him in defence? I mean, I, I don't see that as a negative, to yeah. be honest with you. He's a very good player who can play in a number of good positions. I'm not sure we should kind of worry too much about trying to pin him down to one let's just use him in the best way we can from game to game absolutely yeah it's good to have the the flexibility and have that player that can do a bit of everything and you're right Dendonka's capable of that what are your thoughts on William Jose so far obviously he only joined last month so we've only seen him in a few games really his physical presence has been hugely important Mm -hmm. and it's been noticeable that since he's been in there and starting that it's really helped and again that's nothing against Fabio Silva who is a young man who has come to a new country and is learning his trade on the job because he was never expected to be the main man up top that was always going to be Raul Jimenez Mm -hmm. and as we've known in the last couple of years Raul Jimenez plays an awful lot of games. William Jose you can see the difference in the fact that He's 29 years old. He has learnt his trade. He knows his game inside out. He doesn't have to work on things in the same respect that Fabio Silva is because Fabio Silva is still trying to learn those intricacies of playing football at that level. William Jose has done that for 10 years. He's got a 10-year advantage on Fabio. And you can see in the elements of just the way he uses his body, the way that he brings the ball down and is no nonsense almost in Mm -hmm. getting it to a teammate and whipping it wide and he almost did a a Raul Jimenez-esque chest down from a throw and half volley across the field which we've seen from Raul so many times and and he knows that and he did that he didn't really create or didn't have the the openings against Leicester that he'd had in his previous two Mm -hmm. games 
and he maybe looked a touch tired and that might explain why he came off relatively early in the game because he's not played a huge amount of football for Real Sociedad this season and it will have been a a difficult thing for him to because he was literally thrown straight in without having trained with his teammates to kind of come and be involved Mm. in the Chelsea game I, I like him I think he's got something I think he's a very good replacement and I use that in kind of air quotes for Raul Jimenez at the moment Mm -hmm. when Raul is fit it will provide a real interesting option to go in because you've got someone who can do a relatively similar job to Raul and again I I keep saying this that's another tick in the positive column yeah (laughs) lots of ticks (laughs) he does need a goal he does need a goal because strikers breed on confidence. We had Andy Keogh, former Wolves striker on Match Day Live Extra for the Leicester game, and he said it took him six games to get his first Wolves goal. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't always get going straight away. Yeah. People forget Raul Jimenez took a little bit of a while mm-hmm. to really get going in yeah. the team. He scored on his first game at Everton, but he didn't really become that kind of prolific, uh, consistent goal scorer for a couple of months into the season. So... Give Willie and Jose some time, but what mm. we've seen so far, pretty decent. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's it shows a lot of promise. So, coming up next, we face Southampton twice in one week. We saw the effect a bit of confidence can have after the win against Arsenal. Now that we have the fifth round in the FA Cup coming up, how much confidence do you think a good cup run will have on the team? It's massive, Gem. Um, you know, two years ago, when we got to the semi-final, mm-hmm. um, the first half of the season coming into the Premier League. There were some high spots, but there was also a, a run around about the November time which where they'd struggled to get results. And the FA Cup came around and we beat Liverpool in the third round. Ruben Neves scores a great goal. Raul Jimenez, I think, scored in that game. And it suddenly kind of got them going. And they went to Bristol City, I think, in the fifth round, mm-hmm. who were flying in the Championship at the time who wanted revenge for what Wolves had done to them the year before in the Championship with a last-minute equal, last-minute winner from Ryan Bennett. And Wolves went there and produced a really professional display. I think it was Ivan Cavallero who got the goal that day. And they used that cup run, the momentum from it, obviously went through the Man United quarter-final, to really boost the team going forwards. Yeah. And that's what a cup run can do to you. People will look back and... If Wolves get to the semi-final, if Wolves gets to the final, no one's going to remember that that Friday night at Chorley was, you know, it was a freezing cold night in <laughs> difficult times yeah. and we were on the defensive for a good part of the game because you get to the final and mm-hmm. that's the point of the FA Cup. And it, it allowed them to have a clean sheet at the time. It allows them to build. How far do you think they can go? Why not all the way? Why not? Yeah. You know, there's... there's there's no point me sitting here going, well, they've got to the fifth round and, and that's enough. <laughs> that's pretty good, yeah, we'll take yeah, that. That's <laughs> you know, the, they won't be thinking like that. Mm. They're not going to be thinking, oh, yeah, absolutely, we're going to go and win it. Because, look, this football club's not won it for, uh, for since 1960. Wow. We got to the semi-final quite a few times since then and not made that extra step. But I keep saying it, this Wolves team is a very good team. It's a very good footballing team. It's very effective. And in knockout football, as we've seen over the last couple of years, in the Europa League and the FA Cup, 
they are a very difficult opposition to come up against. Mm -hmm. So, if, you know, they're going to need a bit of luck. But if they can get through Southampton, who knows where they can go? Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to, to Thursday and, and, and seeing what happens. It'll also be interesting to see off of the back of whatever result we get on Thursday, how we perform at St Mary's on Sunday. Southampton obviously having a little bit of trouble at the moment, um, but earlier in the season were looking very strong. How do you think it's going to go in the Premier League? Uh, again, that Southampton are a very good team. And I wouldn't take too much notice of the 9-0 mm -hmm. at Man United. They were down to nine men. They were down to ten men very early mm. in that game. And so I, I think you know they, they may well get some players back as well. They've had some injury issues over the last couple of weeks. And they'll be smarting. They'll be wanting to put things right mm -hmm. after that defeat to Man United. And to to show things and to show a little bit more about them. And, you know, you can't underestimate how difficult that must be mentally to have lost a game by that much. Yeah. They came back from it superbly last season. So you put every money on them trying to do the same this season. Mm -hmm. So it will be a very difficult test. But Wolves have gone there and won in the last couple of years. So why not? Let's keep going. Yes, let's. Now, these next questions, Mikey, are all about you once again. Uh, last week, you let us in on your experience getting into reporting. But this week, my question for you is, aside from Molyneux, do you have a favourite ground to visit and commentate at? Um, well, that's a, that's a really good question. Mm. Um, Anfield is always uh, an incredible occasion. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's a good ground. The commentary box is a bit high for my liking. I'm getting old now, Jem. I, I can't <laughs> always scary. see as well. Um, but it, it's a it's a really nice place to go. And that moment before kickoff, when it's full, and you'll never walk alone, starts up. Um, that's a a pretty good kind of place to be. And it's mm. also the place where I've done my as yet only uh, national radio commentary, nice. which was on the final day of the season. Uh, I think 2014 when Man City won the title but Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers yeah. pushed them really close and I was working for a radio station in the UK who don't have the rights anymore but it was the, that they did at the time mm -hmm. and I went and I did the first half of Liverpool Newcastle I think it was and then they switched to Man City because it became clear they were going to win the title right okay yeah um, so from a personal reason from a very selfish reason Anfield holds a, a, a key place in my heart. I started out MK Dons, as we spoke about before. So yes. I love going to Stadium MK. And the last time I was there for a game, uh, Jack Price scored a, got a really rare goal for Wolves, which I'd been predicting for a long time was going to oh, come. Amazing. So special. And Wolves fans have special memories there from 10K to MK, which I don't think they actually got 10,000 in the <laughs> end. But when you go to an away ground... And you see pretty much half the stadium is Wolves fans. You know, that's always going to be a, an incredible it's type amazing. occasion. Um, so, yeah, they, they would kind of be two kind of favourites to, to be there for. Well, that wraps up all my questions for you today, Mikey. We'll have another chat again next week. So if anyone's listening and wants to ask any questions, then check out both of us on Twitter and get in touch. See you again next week. Bye.